week and uh, it, it's, it's really challenging when we come around God's word and, and God does step on our toes and I want you to understand this. This is not a pastor standing in the pulpit and shouting at people. My pastor always used to say if there's a finger pointing forward, there's three pointing back and that's why I try and point at people like that now instead. Um, <laughs> And these messages really have challenged me because there's always an aspect of our lives that we can improve on when it comes to our Christian walk. You know, we never stagnate. We never get to that point of perfection. And I just want to challenge us. I don't want you to feel like you've come this week and you've just been beaten up time after time after time after time. It's not about being beaten up. It's about being lifted up. You know, the Lord points out where we've gone wrong and then he says, I'm not going to leave you there. This is how to put it right. And I just want us to be excited as we look at this growth in the Lord. You know, we've looked at what it is to be a spiritually immature person. We've looked at our boldness, how we can develop our boldness in, uh, in the Lord and in speaking and in praying. And uh, we've looked at our faithfulness, faithfulness in our walk and in our work and in our worship. And then last night we looked at our steadfastness. You know, we are to be steadfast in the truth, steadfast in the Lord, steadfast in one spirit. And tonight we're going to look at courageousness. I know you're probably saying, look, you can knock the N-E-double-S off that. You can just say we need to be courageous. But I've done boldness, faithfulness, steadfastness. So tonight is courageousness. Just because it fits. Makes no sense in that regards, English grammar. But it fits the the title of the message. So I want us to look tonight. We're going to use Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 just as a springboard, and then again we're going to look at how we can have this courageousness, how we can be strong, courageous in certain aspects of our lives, and how we can develop that as we grow in spiritual maturity, uh, that we can develop that that courage to be a, a believer in this day and age. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's pray. Father, thank you again so much for this day, for this time together, for this opportunity to come around your word. Lord, thank you for this church and for uh, Pastor Moore and Mrs. Moore. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to just be able to fellowship uh, with them and to be able to come and uh, just meet everybody at Points Pass once again. Lord, we're just thankful for the, the family that we belong to. Lord, we're thankful for the way in which you speak to our hearts, for the way in which you help us. To encourage one another. And that, Lord, that's what we're meant to do as believers in Christ. We're, we're not meant to tear one another down. We're meant to bear burdens. We're meant to display the love of Christ. We're meant to help one another and encourage one another. We're not racing against one another, but we can certainly help one another in that race as we head towards the finish line. So, Father, would you help us tonight as we again look at an aspect of our lives that we can develop as we move into spiritual maturity and help us to be strong and courageous. Help us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And Father, we need it in this day and age in which we live. We need strong men and women and children of God today to stand up to a lost and dying world that would do anything to diminish the the gospel and to do away with the cause of Christ. So Father, would you help us to see how we can be courageous in these aspects of our walk and how we can develop that in our spiritual maturity. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, there are many times in our lives where we feel anything but strong in the Lord. Um, I'm sure that in these past few years, you may have had the the wind knocked out of you assailed. You may have come to a point where you feel like you're just stumbling 
through your Christian walk rather than running the race that has been set before us. And we've all felt like that at, at some times. You know, I don't know if you've, any of you ever stumbled when you walk in? And, and we do this incredible thing. It's, it's a pride thing, it is. It's, it's completely and utterly pride. Because when we stumble, when we fall, we then suddenly pretend that we're running. Because we don't want other people to see that we've actually tripped. So we're walking along and we, we trip over, over a curb or something. And instead of going, oh, I've tripped. We trip over and go, oh. Because we don't want people to see that we've actually fallen. And sometimes... I don't know if you've ever done this where you've tripped and you kind of lose your balance and you start falling even faster. And the more you try and stop yourself from falling, the more you go. And sometimes the Christian walk can feel like that. Sometimes it's as if the devil has put these little obstacles in our way and we trip up over them. And sometimes we can grab our foot in and pretend that, oh, that didn't affect me. And then sometimes we really fall. And it knocks our confidence and we don't feel strong in the Lord. You know, suddenly then these doubts start to creep in, whether it's doubts of our salvation or whether it's doubts if we're on the right path, if doubts whether we're doing God's will, doubts whether God hears us as we pray. But Paul says to us, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not in the power of you, might, Not in the power of, uh, you know, that is uh, within you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So how as we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, how as we grow as believers in Christ, can we develop this courageousness, this strength? How can we um, be courageous in this difficult world in which we live? Well, we need to understand that we have this courage not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And we can be courageous because of God's presence. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. We can develop this courage, this strength, in terms of spiritual maturity because we have God's presence. Be strong. And of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake me. How incredible that we have the awesome presence of God with us all the time. Uh, Continually, his presence is with us. It's not something that we can lose. Now, we might not always feel his presence, but the fault is not with God in that regard. The fault is with us. But his presence is always with us. Yeah, I remember the first time. I've got two, two daughters and there's about five years difference between them. And I remember the first time that they were heading off to school and, and Hannah said, Dad, I'll, I'll look after Eve and you know, I'll walk us down to the end of the street to, uh, to get our lift to school. And I was like, yeah, okay, you're, you're old enough now and you're big enough, no problem. You can, uh, you can do that. So off they trotted. And they left the house up the street. I couldn't leave them walk to the end of the street on their own. So I'm just literally following behind them out of, you know, just far enough away so they can't see me and following behind them all the way down up our street, down the next street until their lift arrived and picked them up. And they got home that night and they said, oh, Dad, it was no problem. You know, we, uh, we, we walked to the end of the street this morning and it was all okay. And, you know, we felt safe and secure. And I was like, 
I know that you are safe and secure because dad was with you. And the thing is, God is always with us continually. And sometimes we are fearful because of what's happening in the world. Sometimes we are fearful because of the unknown with tomorrow. And sometimes we are scared, but we need to remember that God is with us always. And we can be strong. We can be courageous. We can develop that in our spiritual maturity because God is always with us. And we need to recognize that manifest presence of God is in our lives continuously. He's promised to never leave us and to never forsake us. He's promised to be with us even unto the end of the world. As our captain, he leads us. Joshua 5.14, he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? He is our captain. You know, there have been certain sports teams over the years that have done so well because of their captain. You know, maybe the team itself hasn't been great. Maybe it's not been filled with star players, but they've had a captain that has been able to lead them. And that galvanizes the team. When you think of who our captain is, our captain leads us. And we can be strong and courageous because of our captain. As our captain, he leads us. As our shepherd, he tends to us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Let me ask you this question. How many of you are scared of the dark? Yeah, nobody willing to admit it. When I, when I was little, I didn't like the dark. I didn't want to, you know, I'm not saying I had a nightlight or anything like that and think I'm a wimp. You know, certain areas, you know, I didn't grow up in a, like a really rough estate, but if you were out after dark and you had to walk through this one patch to get through these, past these two houses, through the, through the gully to our house, I was horrible. It was like really scary. And I never liked going through on my own. But any time we walked from that particular part of the estate, my mum and dad had some friends that side of the estate, and if we ever walked from their house to our house in the dark, and mum and dad was with me, never, ever, ever feared going through that little gully. But if I was on my own, I was petrified. You know, you'd always run through that gully then, always thinking, I'm not going to look behind me in case something's chasing me. And as our shepherd, Jesus tends to us, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. Because he's there guiding us. The shepherd who gave his life for the sheep is there tending us. As our captain, he leads. As our shepherd, he tends. As our companion, he cheers. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6 says, For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Have you ever had that person in your life that you can just speak to and suddenly they just cheer you up? You ever had a, a person, a friend, you say, I know, you know, if I phone them or if I speak to them, they just have a habit of lifting your spirits. You know, there are some people who have the exact opposite effect. You know, there are some people who just have the gift of discouragement. You think, I'm not phoning them because they're just like a dark cloud. You know, if the sun was shining, they'd find something, oh, it's too warm, and then it's raining, oh, it's too wet, and then it's... 
They're never happy, never satisfied. You don't tend to you don't tend to go to those people when you're feeling down. You go to the ones who can lift you up. Well, you imagine what the Lord can do for our souls. We can be strong and courageous because as our companion, he cheers us. He comes alongside us. And as we stumble and fall, you know, instead of laughing when we trip, he lends a hand to pick us back up, to encourage us on our way. Because the Christian walk is tough. The Christian life is hard. You know, we never turn around and say to somebody, oh, come and trust Jesus as you're saving you. Your life is going to be perfect from here until the time you die. Because that's not what the gospel says. The Christian life is hard and it is tough. But it's worth it because of our companion, because of our shepherd, because of our captain. As our guide, he directs our paths. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. I'm thankful that we have somebody like the Lord that is always reliable. How can we be strong? How can we be courageous? Because of God's presence. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He walks with us and he talks with us along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. He's with us all the time. And we can be strong and of good courage. Because of who he is. You know in Deuteronomy 31. Moses is about to pass from the scene. And God is reminding his people that. They're not dependent on Moses. Moses has has been the person that God has used to bring them thus far. But it's God is the one that they ought to be trusting in. Psalm 118 says it is better to trust in the Lord. Than to put confidence in man. Man will always let us down. I'm sure you can probably recount friends that said, oh, I'll, you know, I'll be with you through thick and thin and I'll always be there for you. And, you know, when they really need them, sometimes they've not been there. I'm sure we've all had people that have turned their backs on us at some times. People come and go. Leaders come and go. Some good, some bad, but the Lord is the one that we rely on. He's the one that we depend on. Be strong and of good courage, not because of us, but because of him. And sometimes we just need a simple reminder. Sometimes we overcomplicate the Christian walk. Sometimes we look for things that aren't really there and all we need to do is come back to the basics to remember. Well, we can be courageous. We can work on this aspect of our life because God is always with us. Not only can we be strong and courageous because of God's presence, we can be strong and courageous because of God's precepts. Let me just turn over a few pages to Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1, and we read, verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Joshua has reminded us some very precious promises. God promised him in verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. God promised them victory over the enemy. He said, As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. He promised him the presence and power of God. He promised him the faithfulness of God. I will not fail thee. He promised him absolute victory. Um, there in verse 6. What did Joshua have to do in order to enjoy these promises of God? Just one thing. Trust God. That's, that's all he had to do. Be strong and courageous. And just observe to do all according to the Lord of God. Just be obedient to the word of God. And that's the same promise that God made to Joshua. It is the same promise he makes to us today. We can count on the Lord to do everything that he's promised to do for us. He still gives us victory over our enemies. In 1 John 5, 4 it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Do we need to develop that courageousness within us when it comes to being a Christian? Have we doubted God's presence in our lives? Do we doubt God's word? Well, we just need to get back to basics to develop that maturity in terms of being strong and of good courage and recognize that we can be courageous because of God's word. He still gives us victory, even today. That's my favorite hymn of all time, Victory in Jesus. I love that hymn. He's given us the victory. He doesn't say that he'll give us the victory when we get the glory. He's given that victory to us right now. What do we need to do to overcome the world? Simply believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When you're born again and saved by the blood of Christ, we understand that Christ is the Son of God, that he is God in the flesh. We believe that in that regard. If we believe that, we already have the victory over this world. He's still present with us. He's still all-powerful. He's still faithful. He still gives us the victory. He still promises to keep all that he said to us. But sometimes we struggle when it comes to trusting God. You know, we're a very, we're a very doubting people. And let me ask you who's ever done this. How many of you have ever been to a restaurant... And the waiter comes and says, right, don't touch the plate, it is boiling. It's hot. How many of you have sat there and said, okay. And how many of you have done this? <laughs> it is hot, isn't it? He said it was hot. Yeah, we're not a trusting people. Don't touch wet paint. It is wet. <laughs> Keep off the grass. 
you know what, perhaps I shouldn't say this, I couldn't remember what a sentry box was yesterday, but we went to Windsor Castle, we took friends of ours from America to Windsor Castle, and there was a big sign as you come down to the chapel, there's a chapel down the bottom, I think one of the royals got married in not so long ago, and there was a big sign saying, keep off the grass. I stepped on the grass in Windsor Castle. I might end up in the tower. But you can't help yourself. When somebody tells you not to do something, you just got to do it. You know, it was great when we were growing up because my parents would always say, oh, you always, you know, if we tell you to, to do something, you do the exact opposite, and then they try reverse psychology. You know, they would tell you to tidy your room and you don't do it, so don't tidy your room. Okay. <laughs> You know, sometimes we find it difficult to just have a simple trust because we're an untrusting people. But we can trust God wholeheartedly. We can be strong and courageous if we observe to do all according to all the law. The book of the law, it says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The Lord tells Joshua that if he's to lead the people of God to rest in Canaan, then he has to take heed to the Lord of God. He's to keep the Lord. He's to meditate on the law. You know, do we meditate on the word of God? We're trying to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We're trying to to grow in terms of our boldness and our faithfulness and our steadfastness and our courageousness. But do we really meditate on the word? Or do we kind of rush into it first thing in the morning? I've got to do my Bible reading. I've got to do my my daily plan. I've got to do my devotion. That's done. If I didn't do it today, then tomorrow, then there's two readings, and then, you know, I'm trying to start the Bible, to read through the Bible in the year, and I've missed a couple of days, and then, you know, by the start of February, I've I've got like 458 verses to read because I've just missed. And then we're just trying to rush through it. Everybody should read through the Bible from cover to cover. I understand that. But it would be much better to read one verse a day and meditate upon it. And see what the Lord is saying, and digest it, and feed upon it, and keep it within our hearts. I know we may have had tea, and I, I know. Let me ask this question: How many? Um, um, is it a cow farmer, dairy farmer, dairy farmer? Okay, we got any dairy farmers in? Okay, I think this is right. So if I'm wrong, don't tell anybody because it'll ruin the illustration. I think, I think when a cow eats grass, they got more than one stomach. Okay. I think when a cow eats grass, he chews on it, then he puts it into one of his stomachs, and then sometimes he pulls it back out of his stomach and chews on it again. I knew that. So anyway, so a cow... But that's what the word meditate means. Uh, it literally means to chew the cud. You know, sometimes we read a verse of scripture and we're like, oh, that's great, lovely. But we're meant to chew on it. You know, we're meant to hide it in our hearts. And then during the day at the time, uh, you know, that it's needed, 
we can bring it back up again and chew on it again and meditate upon it and chew the cut and go over it. Not just speed read through the Bible, but digest it, feed upon it. You know, I think today we go through the scripture so quickly because we have an urge to just read so many verses a day. We just need to sit and be still and meditate upon the word of God. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. We're to feed on the Bible. Job 23, 12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The Bible is referred to as bread. It's referred to as being sweeter than honey. God himself encourages Joshua to be strong and courageous. And he says, the way in which you can be strong and courageous is to feed and meditate and feast upon my word. You know, far too many Christians are meditating upon Facebook. And far too many believers are feasting upon the nonsense that's written and printed in our newspapers. If we would put as much effort into Facebook as we would into Facebook, then we would be much better people. You know, what if this was the first thing we opened in the morning? No, then I'll go on our phones and say, right, how many likes did I have from that? How many followers did I have? I mean, who've said, well, who's had what for breakfast? Oh, I wonder what they've had for breakfast today. What if we put that amount of effort into the Word of God? And meditated upon it. Maybe we can start to develop our, our courage. You know, sometimes too many Christians are like the... They're not like the lion from the tribe of Judah. They're like the lion from the Wizard of Oz. Now courage is gone. We're afraid of our own shadow. But we can get that back because of God's presence, because of his precepts, because we can feed and feast upon the word of God. The church is not meant to be a doormat for the world and the devil to walk all over it. We're meant to be strong and courageous people. We need to just get back to the truth of the scripture to get back to basics. You know, you'd be surprised, and again, I can only speak for for Wales, but you'd be surprised that there's very few Bible teaching and Bible preaching churches left. They want to preach the word. Well, it's offensive. You'll upset people. We don't want to talk about hell. We don't want to talk about sin. We don't tell people they're sinners. You'll never get them through the doors. Let's just tell everybody that we're all headed to the same place. You're right. Everybody is headed to the same place until Christ intervenes. We're all headed to the same place. It doesn't matter what you believe. God's on a mountain. And all, everybody is just getting a different path up to the same God. Well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says there's one path. It's not a broad path. It's a narrow path. And that path is Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. We just need to get back to basic Bible preaching. 
so that we understand the truths and the, 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 the fundamental doctrines of the scripture so that we can apply this word to our hearts and to our lives. This is a living word. It's alive, this word. Even though it's the written word, it is, it is alive. Why? Because even though it's been written over a course of thousands of years, it is still as relevant today as it was for the Old Testament prophets, as it was for the New Testament disciples, and as it is for the saints of God right now. And if we are going to be strong and courageous and walk in the power of his might, then we're going to have to appreciate the fact that we have his presence and we have his precepts. How can we be courageous? Because we have his protection. Look at 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 32. 2 Chronicles, chapter 32, and verse 7. 2 Chronicles 32 and verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. Here's the thing. Trials will come our way. Trials will either make us better or they will make us bitter. Trials will either strengthen us in our faith in God or they will destroy us. But the thing about a trial is that we will never stay the same. Hezekiah is about to go through a trial. He calls the people to trust God in this crisis. We know Sennacherib has come against the city he's come and he's told lies about his incredible house Sennacherib and Satan are so much alike um, you know they've told the city not to put their trust in God Satan will tell you not to put your trust in Christ Sennacherib comes against the city and it would have been easy for the city to fall apart it would have been easy for the city to, to panic and say, oh, I, I can't believe this big army is coming against us and, you know, we better run for the hills. But Hezekiah has, told, has said, be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. I'm thankful for the fact that God is the source of our strength. We recognize that we, we can't fight this battle on our own. Hezekiah was no match for Sennacherib. Hezekiah was no match for the Assyrian army that was coming against the city. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We need to recognize the fact that we can be strong and courageous because we have God's protection. I'm going to ask an older generation a question now. Did you used to have a ready break advert over in Northern Ireland? Do you remember the ready break advert? Those kids used to go to school after their ready break and they had this little, this little red glow over them and they were like... I had no idea what that meant. I used to watch that advert and I had no idea what it meant. I even asked my mum and dad if we could have ready break just to see if I could have that glow. <laughs> it never worked. But you know, we don't see visibly the protection that God has around us. But can you imagine if the Lord would just give us a little glimpse 
as to what is available to us. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ was dying upon the cross, he said there were legions of angels just waiting for the command to wait for the Lord's voice. Can you imagine the sight that we could see if we just get a small glimpse into that spiritual battle that's going on around us? What is at our disposal in that regards? Why? Because God promised to protect us. We are no match for the devil and his cohorts. But he is through us. And we can be strong and courageous because of God's protection, because of uh, God's power, because of God's precepts. How incredible to know that when we trust in God, we simply cast all of our cares on him because we cannot do this on our own. There are some things that come our way in life that simply are so heavy in terms of the burden that's bearing down on top of us. We feel like we're about to be crushed, but what we need to do then is take those burdens and as we grow in spirit, spiritual maturity we recognize the fact that these burdens are about to crush us and Paul said that even though we are under that weight we are under that weight but we are not destroyed why because we can cast those burdens upon the Lord he said cast your cares upon me for I care for you so many times we try and carry those burdens ourselves we trust in God by casting our cares through prayer on him Hezekiah recognizes Sennacherib's threatening and all he does is he goes before the Lord and in 2 Kings 19.90 he says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. When we pray to God in a time of trial, we're not just asking the Lord to to get us through and even sometimes we'd rather him just get us out of it but as I said last night if God doesn't lift the burden he'll lift you in the burden and sometimes when we pray and ask the Lord to help us in that situation we recognize the fact that God can get the glory when we go through times of difficulty but when we are not spiritually mature enough to recognize that suddenly we start to take things, matters into our own hands. We start to do things that are unbiblical, that are not found in the scripture because we want things sorted out. And we're not patient people. You know, if you've ever been stuck behind somebody and the light has turned from red to green and they haven't gone straight away, it doesn't take us long before we toot in on that horn. We're not a patient people. We're not patient when it comes to spiritual things because we want stuff done now. How many of you ever been to a McDonald's drive-thru? Okay, let me ask you this question. How many of you have almost lost your mind when they say, go and park in B when we bring your food out when it's ready? I'm driving through, I want my food. I don't want to go and park in Bay 1. If I wanted to go and park in Bay 1, I'd have gone and parked in the car park and I'd walked in to order my food. We're not a patient people. We want stuff done now. Fast food sometimes is not even fast enough. And sometimes we're like that from a spiritual point of view. If God doesn't fix our problems straight away, then right, I take matters into my own hand. Any of you sat there in Bay 1 suddenly said, right, that's it. I'm going in. I'm not waiting it any longer. 
we take matters into our own hands and we like that sometimes spiritually. But we need to trust the Lord. In this situation we're in, has God given us a blueprint of what we need to do to fix it? Do we need to wait? Do we need to pray? Do we need to put things right? Do we need to trust? We can be strong and courageous because God has promised to protect us through these difficulties. And when we go through a trial of life, sometimes it's for God to get the glory. But when we're not spiritually mature enough to realize that, we kind of start fighting against God. Because let's be honest, none of us love a trial. We would much rather life be plain sailing. How incredible that God receives the glory when he delivers us from our trials. Edward H. Joy wrote the following hymn. He said, is there a heart overbound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing all your anxiety. Leave it there. All your anxiety, all your care. Bring to the mercy seat. Leave it there. Never a burden he cannot bear. Never a friend like Jesus. No other friend so swift to help you. No other friend so quick to hear. No other place to leave your burden. No other one to hear your prayer. Come then at once. Delay no longer. Heed his entreaty, kind and sweet. You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find peace at the mercy seat. Can I just ask a question tonight? What is it that you need to cast upon the Lord right now? Maybe you were facing something and and maybe... Maybe we've not known what to do with it. Maybe we've battled and we've struggled and we've tried to work it out ourselves. We've tried to understand it, comprehend it. Compet, com, pen, com, put it in a box. No. Compartmentalize it. Stick it in a box. We've tried to, you know, say, all right, well, it it belongs there because it's this issue. And all we need to do is cast it on the Lord. We've been promised that we can be strong and of good courage because of his protection. But sometimes we're kind of doing things in our own strength. And I wonder if the Lord looks at us on times and thinks, what are you doing? Have you, ever, have you ever looked at your child struggling to do something, you know, they're little, and maybe they're trying to reach up into the cupboard, and, you know, they, they're jumping up to try and get to the, and they won't ask you for help, and you're like, it's easy for me, I just, <laughs> it's just right by you. You know, you're only three, and you can't reach, so just ask me for help. And I think sometimes the Lord must look down on us and think, child, what are you doing? Just, just cast it upon me. Just ask for help. And I think we need to develop that in terms of spiritual maturity to learn to be able to cast our cares upon the Lord. We can have that courageousness because of his protection, because of his precepts, because of his power, because of his presence. Sometimes we forget. We forget that he's with us. We forget that we have this incredible book in front of us. We forget we have the privilege of prayer to be able to cast our cares upon him. And we just try and work it out ourselves. I don't know if you've ever 
had somebody in the house who was unwell. And you say to them time and time and time again, go to the doctor. No, I'm fine. Go to the doctor. No, I'm fine. And they won't go. My mother was a nurse for 40 years. She's the worst patient in the world. She fell on holidays with my brother. Um, I've reported him for abuse because they think he's the favourite child, but not anymore because my mother fell. <laughs> she fell on holidays and she, she bumped her head and she tore all the ligaments in her, in her ankle and she went to hospital, but because it was in France, she didn't know what to say about bumping her head, so she didn't say anything. And for weeks and weeks and weeks I've been saying... Ma'am, you need to go to the hospital. You need to go to the doctor. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. She went to the doctor. She's fractured her skull. We get frustrated with people when they won't go and get something fixed like that. I got a guy in church again. He said, um, you know, he'll never go, to the, never go to the doctors. And he said, ah, oh, when, you know, when I die on my tombstone, I'm going to have, see, I told you I was ill. And his wife turned around and said, yeah, and I'm going to put underneath this, see, I told you to go to the doctors. <laughs> we get frustrated with people like that when they won't go to the doctors when they're ill. But as Christians, oftentimes we won't just go to the foot of the cross when we have a need. And we just need to develop that maturity as believers. And I know it, it, it sounds so simple and maybe... You know, I'm just saying something tonight that it's like, yeah, we get that. That's completely understandable and we know all of that. Move on to the next topic. Sometimes we just need to be reminded we can be strong and courageous because of his presence, because of his precepts, and because of his power. And I'm thankful that we have somebody to turn to at every time of need that we will ever face. He's the only one that we're able to cast our cares upon and he can do something about it. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this day, for this time together, for this opportunity to come around your word. Father, we're so thankful for this privilege, Lord, that we have your word in our hands, that we're able to read it and meditate upon it and just to store it in our hearts, Lord, that it's brought back to our remembrance when needed, that we have this privilege to be able to come to you in prayer. Father, you know the need of each and every person gathered here together tonight. You know whether they're facing a difficulty, whether they're facing a trial, whether they're facing a heartache, a loss, whatever it may be, Lord, you know that there's something that's affecting their walk right now. And Father, I just pray that you would help us all tonight to grow in that spiritual maturity, that we can recognize the fact that we're able to be strong and courageous because your presence is with us. You've promised to never leave us and never forsake us. We can be strong and courageous because we have your precepts, we have your word that we're able to study and meditate upon every day. We have your protection. Father, just pray that you would help us tonight with whatever that need is here among your people for it to be cast upon you. Lord, there are many times we bear burdens you've just not asked us to bear. You've told us to come unto yourself. You that are heavy, a burden and heavy laden and you will give us rest. Father, I just pray that you would help us tonight to find that rest in you, to take you a yoke because that burden is light, to cast our cares upon you because you are the great burden bearer. And I pray that tonight we as a church may feel that burden, the weight of that burden lifted off our shoulders. And as a result, 
we can enjoy the fact that we're able to be strong and courageous and walk in the power of your might. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.